It is Friday the 25th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. No Shane Lee today, but we've got a huge show, a huge show. It is Friday and that means we'll have Shad Wicker on the program to talk rugby league, NBA and NFL. Then Melbourne comedian Luca Muller will also join us to talk the FIFA World Cup and the latest in the UFC. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney's CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Thank God it's Friday. We love it. Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. Ben Simmons is back, baby. Oh, are we are we willing to say that though, Tim? Are we willing oh. to say that he is back? Well, he's as close as he's, he's been for a long time. It is true. I mean, we're saying, I love seeing some of the comments on it. They're like, man, he is. He's this is the best we've seen Ben Simmons in quite some time. I'm like, mate, he didn't play any basketball last year. This is the most mm. we've seen him in quite some time. Um, no, but I think it's it's interesting. He has had two back-to-back games where he seemed like one of the best on court. Um, for the Nets, obviously they lost in Philadelphia, but Ben Simmons was easily the best player for the Nets uh, just mm. a couple of days ago. Got himself a double-double, which was great on the stat sheet. He was distributing the ball well. His defense was good, which was why the Brooklyn Nets signed him. But I'll give you a fun one for you in stats-wise for Ben Simmons that might play into your Ben Simmons is back theory. It is another double-digit night in the point score for him. This is what he was. Uh, this is what his score was against the Raptors with the Nets win. Right, fourteen points, sixteen mm. assists, three steals, two blocks, and he was wow. seven from nine from the court. So good shooting percentage. That makes it five straight games that Ben Simmons has had ten plus points and has shot over fifty percent. Not bad for a guy that can't shoot. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he's doing it with confidence, isn't he? The, his manner. I watched a bit of this the other day. Even the Jordan shrug after the three-throw line where he's yeah. had such pressure and, and such criticism in and around his inability to shoot him. Yeah, well, look, mate, they call it swag, so you might need to add that to your vernacular there, mate. But oh, um, <laughs> Just so you can keep up with it, dude. Um, no, he has. He's bounced back from what was an awful start. I mean, the Nets are now 9 and 10. Yeah. He's look. No one is expecting Ben Simmons to come out and score twenty plus points. Okay, we're not expecting him to be that player. Although he has done it in this five game stretch, he had twenty two points mm. three games ago. But you know that's not the expectation from the Nets. You've got Kevin Durant. You've got Kyrie Irving, who's now back. 
uh, playing for you. You've got Seth Curry who can shoot from outside. You've got Claxton who plays a similar position to Ben Simmons that can come off the bench. All you need Ben to do is to get himself into that 10-plus mark, get those assists up, and be the defensive anchor that they need. He's got a good perimeter defense, which the Nets are woeful at, and he's not too bad around the bucket. So, you know, this is the the Ben Simmons that they want. This five-game stretch, you know, it was only two weeks ago that we were hearing that the Nets were going to put him on the trade block to see what they could get for him. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily going to change because if they don't believe in him long-term, then they might still want to trade him anyway for assets. Um, and a yeah. good him getting into form means just more things that they can get for him. But it is a it is very promising signs for one of the most infuriating Australian sports stars uh, at the moment. You know. Oh, absolutely. We haven't heard much of Paddy Mills, have we? No, he's been playing. He's really been trying to solidify that six man role. Like I said, Seth Curry coming into the side and his ability to shoot has kind of changed up Paddy's minutes. For the Nets, um, you want to talk about what's changed for Ben Simmons and what's maybe made this shift and for him playing well. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the, the mentorship around Paddy Mills, coupled yeah. with the fact that you got two All Stars there. I mean, Mills did say when they when they brought him into the squad that he was going to, in a way, take him under his wing, which might be hard seeing he's half the size as Ben Simmons. But yeah, <laughs> but I think maybe that might be one of the reasons. Yeah, metaphorically speaking. But mm. yeah, it's interesting. Paddy has kind of dropped off a bit, which is a shame because. He is such a fun player to watch, you know? Oh, he is. And, and this time last year, that's all we were talking about. What about the NFL? I know you're a, a keen student, a an avid follower of the NFL. Oh, mate, my Dallas Cowboys are doing all right this season, which isn't too bad. They're playing today, actually, uh, depending on when you've listened to this podcast. They're playing in the uh, Thanksgiving Day game against the Giants th- this year. The Dallas Cowboys have not won that game in about five years, so hoping that they can turn it around. Um, we just had a game earlier this morning which has been fascinating. The Buffalo Bills, okay? Yeah. This is a team that has got you want to talk about do you want to talk about NFL teams that have had heartbreak or sporting franchises that have yeah, had heartbreak? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. They've been to Super Bowls, they've never won one. They've lost them on three points, or they've been absolutely dominated. Dallas Cowboys handed them two of those losses. Um, but they've they've been on a tear. People have been like, these, these are the guys. This is the team. But this past few weeks have not really put much confidence in people. They just played the Lions, the Detroit Lions, another franchise that's notoriously just been bad and have had no success. Uh, this, These guys were favourites to be the last in the league, but they have strung mm. together two back-to-back wins for the first time in forever. Uh, they just lost to the Bills this morning and the Bills had to win it with a field goal, four seconds to go in the game. So confidence in what is a Super Bowl favourite this year is really starting to dwindle as we see an 8-3 and three Buffalo team trying to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. In the NFC, we've got the uh, – It's to be honest, I'll be honest with you, Tim. Do you want me to be blatantly honest about oh, this week no, in the I NFL? I love your transparency, yeah. This is the worst run of games you will ever see in the NFL. <laughs> this weekend okay. is some Thank of God the God you're worst. not doing their advertising campaign. Oh, my God. Mate, th- you know why? Because today, the games that played today are the only games this weekend – oh, there's one. There's one other game on the Monday morning slate that has mm. two teams with winning records playing each other. Every other game is losers playing losers or, yeah, Mm. it's – the NFL this year has been one of the lowest scoring years in quite some time. It's been all about defense. So if you're a fan of defense, that's great. But this weekend, don't be – 
don't be excited to see the highlight reel of the games from today onwards. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be a be, disaster. 20-second <laughs> highlight reel. Uh, now, finally, just quickly, um, Parramatta. Interesting, look, they made the grand final last year, soundly beaten by Penrith. We mm. know that. But Mitchell Moses... He's someone they just cannot afford to lose. There's lots of talk of players coming and going, the Dolphins buying Parramatta players. You would think that Moses, if they're going to be competitive again going forward, him and Gutherson at least need to be there. Well, I mean, you say that, but you know, at the moment, the rumour mill that's swirling right now is that the, they can only keep two players, uh, one mm. of two players. It's kind of like the biggest error in a rugby league side is to have your halves come off contract at the same time. Because it is two of the most expensive positions in the team. And you're looking at Moses and Brown both off contract at the same time. Two players that are very, very popular yeah, among Brown. other clubs. Yeah, Dylan Brown, about. sorry. Yeah, so mm. it's like this is a really tough position for Parramatta to try and keep both. But the rumour is that Parramatta are pretty adamant that they're going to keep Brown over Moses. Okay. What are your thoughts mm. on that? Because I have a theory that the Tigers are going to try and make a big money pitch for um, Moses, this is why the Dewey situation hasn't been wrapped up yet. But I reckon just as that uh, that offer comes through, I reckon the Bulldogs are going to match it and Moses ends up playing at the Bulldogs. Unless they're at that point where they're hearing swirling figures where they don't think they can afford him. But my personal view would be, and, and look, this is no slight on Dylan Brown because I think he's a good player, um, but he mixes his form a bit. Moses mm. does too, but Moses has been a leader for them and done things that I think that, you know, if, if you, you asked me who I'd keep, I'd keep Moses. But um, anyway, we'll wait and see. Um, well, can I ask you this? Can I yep. ask you this mm. one? If you're Moses, do you go to the Tigers or do you go to the Bulldogs? Because for me, I'm saying Bulldogs look far more enticing. Reed Marnie's there. You've got guys you've already played with. The, the Parramatta are getting eaten alive right now by other mm. clubs. And, you know, I would be, if I was Moses, I'd be jumping ship and going to the Bulldogs as soon as I can. I'd go to whoever paid me the most money, Shed. Yeah, well, we know that that is what makes your life turn, doesn't it, mate? You're yeah, always chasing you... the paycheck, Tim. <laughs> oh, exactly. You, you do all your stand-up comedy for nothing, which is lovely, which is fantastic. I'll see you next week, my friend. There, mate. Coming up next on Afternoon Sport, Melbourne comedian, Luca Muller. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. It is Friday time, that it is Melbourne comedian time, Luca Muller, and I can see the sleep in his eyes from here. 
because the World Cup's on. How are you, Luca? <laughs> good, mate. Good, mate. You're right. It has been, uh, yeah, a big week for me with the World Cup. Big week for a lot of football fans, I think. Some late nights, some early mornings. Uh, it's all happening. How are you enjoying it? Have you been watching some games? Yeah, I have been. And, and some huge upsets, haven't they? Um, Japan's win, Saudi Arabia's win. Yeah, absolutely. That seems to be the theme of the festival, which I, which I love. I uh, love when an upset's in the air. Almost another one overnight as well. Uh, Ghana pushed Portugal and uh, eventually Portugal got, got up 3-2 with a flurry of late goals there, but almost another upset. There's some exciting things happening over at the World Cup. Um, overnight results, just in case people haven't seen. Switzerland won, Cameroon nil. Uruguay, South Korea fought out a very entertaining but ultimately fruitless nil-nil draw. Uh, Portugal 3, Ghana 2, like we just said. And Brazil versus... <laughs> Uh, Brazil versus Serbia still ongoing at time of recording, but barring a miracle, I think Brazil will win that 2-0. There's only about five minutes left, including one of the best goals of the tournament. be hard to beat this for Charleston with a uh, sort of spinning over-the-head bicycle. Absolutely beautiful goal there, Tim. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you want to know? What are you looking forward to over this weekend? Do you reckon the Aussies are in with a chance against Tunisia? Well, they're in with a chance because it hasn't kicked off. But if they, <laughs> if they play like they did the other day, I, I just I, I hold grave fears for them because because they really looked outpaced, outclassed. And look, Tunisia aren't going to be as strong as France, but they're not going to be that far behind, and they're very quick. So I don't know whether Graham Arnold can get it together uh, in the space of a few days, but they looked slow. They looked second rate, really. They started so well with that goal, and then uh, it just all fell apart. I thought 4-1 actually made them look good in the context of the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We started well, good 15-20 minutes there at the top, obviously lucky to get that first goal, but France really ran over the top of us. I think they will take some pride from that first little little pocket of play at the start of the game, but like you say, Tunisia not going to be an easy team to beat. I don't know if you saw their team against uh, their match against Denmark, but they have a lot of home supports, not too far to travel for the Tunisian fans um like you say not not hugely confident about our chances but uh I think we're in the game I think Tunisia played a very high intensity game against Denmark I think it was a lot of effort a lot of run uh who knows if they can keep up that intensity if they can I think we're in trouble but I think maybe we can just cross our fingers and hope that they've gotten a little bit tired and a little bit of the uh the sheen of the first World Cup game has worn off and maybe they'll drop drop a little bit of intensity there but yeah tough game going into Saturday night for the for the Socceroos there yeah, and no, no, look, I wouldn't call myself an absolute expert in the world game. I do like it. You know it a lot better than I do. But Harry Kuehl, obviously a former Socceroo, and he was saying constantly in the French game that we've got to get ahead. We've got to get ahead. We've got to get on the attack. So I, I hope to think that Arnold will probably go with hopefully the youngest and freshest legs down that end of, of the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the move. Uh, I think we're not the kind of team that can outplay other teams at this World Cup. I think our best chance is to yeah, throw some firepower in, hope to pick up a goal and then defend the lead from there. I want to see some uh, Garang. I want to see some Jamie McLaren. I want to see some Aaron Moy in this next game. I want to see us try to pinch a goal and then uh, defend our lead from there. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, absolutely. What are some of the other games you're looking forward to? Yeah, there's some 
great ones coming up this weekend. The big one for me is going to be Argentina-Mexico, obviously long-standing sort of South to Central mm. American rivalry there. Read a great story this week about a, uh, a journalist who was watching who was watching the Argentina versus Saudi Arabia game in like a Tex-Mex-style bar over in Qatar with all these Mexican fans who were there to watch. And they were just cheering and laughing along as Argentina went down to Saudi Arabia there. So bit of bad blood that might boil over and huge, huge pressure on Argentina there. They would not have expected to have come close to losing that first game. I know there's going to be a lot of pressure coming from the media back home. There's already a big World Cup with the storyline surrounding uh, Messi and everything, so it's going to be a great, great, intense game there. Uh, France and Denmark, obviously, is massive as well. Big implications for Australia and what might be Mm. able to happen in their group. Uh, England versus USA is pretty fun as well. England put themselves on the map with a great, great win to kick off off their campaign. And USA, they looked okay, but I think England, this will be a big test as to whether they're an actual contender or whether they're just uh, flat-track bullies in that one, I reckon. After we saw that interview, that rather transparent interview by Cristiano Ronaldo, it looked like he was going to leave Man United, didn't he? Because it was a bit of a scorched earth policy. <laughs> so that comes as no surprise, but it does leave a mess. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I think we spoke about this last week and uh, we said we, they need to find a way to figure this out. They need to clean up the mess. They need to, you know, it's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for the club. It's a bad look for, it's going to make it harder for him to move somewhere else. Very interested to see where he's going to go. Some people saying he's, he might move on to an American team obviously a lot of money uh over there in the mls i think he thinks he still has good football in him i reckon he might try and stick Mm. around in europe somewhere try and play some more champions league uh who knows big big mess and now apparently they're up for sale as well they've got apple interested which would be exciting wouldn't it um but yeah traumatic uh, dramatic times at manchester united there yeah one thing we do know about cristiano ronaldo he won't be at um the uh, portuguese equivalent of centrelink anytime soon <laughs> um ufc 282 yeah so this is coming up in a few weeks it's meant to be the last big event of the year they already had a few few issues finding good big fights for it and now it's copped another blow so it was meant to be headlined by a light heavyweight title fight rematch between yuri pashka and glover teixeira uh replaying their first fight, which was an all-time slobber knocker blockbuster bout from a few months ago. Uh, the mm. champ, Yuri Pahashka, sustained a pretty serious shoulder injury, so he had to withdraw. Uh, Glover Teixeira, they offered him another fight for the title. He said no to it. He'd been training too hard for the one guy. Didn't want to take the fight on short notice. And so now the title's become vacant and it's moved down. It's going to be fought for between Magomed Angolayev and Jan Blakowicz, which is still a good fight. They're two very, very, very good light heavyweights. Uh, Jan Blakowicz as well. <laughs> very entertaining guys. He's very intense Polish fighter. Uh, he has sort mm. of a backstory where he carries around with him always a piece of rope from a noose that he found in a Polish forest, which is just a deeply terrifying uh, sort of heavy metal story. So that's a good fight, but yeah, it's copped a bit of a blow there. And elsewhere in UFC news, I don't know if you saw this, but Conor McGregor doesn't look too close to actually getting a fight in the octagon or in the boxing ring mm. too soon, but uh, he's making headlines. His Proper 12 Whiskey Company, which obviously is probably his biggest earner, um, which he set up after the Floyd Mayweather fight. He's in a bit of legal trouble with it. An old sort of friend, old teammate of his, Artem Lobov, who they used to be like best mates. They were the two who would ride into battle with each other, always in each other's corners for fights and everything. 
and now they're bickering over some sort of um, like copyright law, intellectual property about who came up with the name for that. And it's just not a good look for Connor. I think the UFC and combat sports in general is a better place, more exciting place when he's fighting. And he just seems to, you know, similar to Ronaldo, I guess, a little bit, has this great career and now just finds himself in a lot of drama. And I wish we could sort of clean it up and get more, more of the good times out of Connor. Yeah, um, it is the root of all evil, money, Luca. There's no question of that. Enjoy the World Cup, my friend. Enjoy the Barocas, and we'll do it all again next week. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. This segment brought to you by Barocca this week, definitely. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes to Luca Muller and to Shad Wicker. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Barclay Pierce, the Osher Group, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And, of course, thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We will be back on board on Monday with your daily dose of sport. See you then. Join us for our afternoon sport racing bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons, ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app, What I'm Backing and Why. Happy punting.